0: This is the Doctor, President-elect of the High Council of Time Lords.
1: I am definitely a madman with a box.
2: Anyone for Jelly, baby? I'm the Doctor.
1: I'm 904 years old. I'm from the planet Gallifrey in the constellation of Castabras. <laughs>
2: Hey Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box podcast. My name's Gary.
3: And my name's Adam.
2: And we're at episode 73. Hey. Woohoo! Hope you guys have had a fantastic week. And you've uh, found something Doctor Who-ish to do. Ooh. Whether that's go to a local convention or stick on some some Doctor Who classic or new. Take your pick. We've been doing um, uh, some, some classic stuff mainly, well I have anyway. I know we're going to be reviewing a, a newer Doctor Who this week, um, but it's uh, very much a classic vibe for the uh, for the Gary household the last couple of weeks.
1: Mm, what have you
3: been up to then?
2: Uh, well, I've just been really, um, I don't know, I've just got, because normally when Doctor Who finishes on TV, I'll do like a mix, I'll just grab like a Tenant episode and then um, uh, a Capaldi one that was on a year or so ago and then I'll stick on maybe a couple of classics and go like that but for some reason i've just been really picking out all the classics and and going through them and i'm really i'm you guys have probably seen on facebook the last couple of weeks but really getting into mccoy as well yeah my my love and uh is is still growing and still there for um for mccoy i just can't get enough of him at the moment i'm not sure why
3: yeah i'm I'm glad um it must be nearly time for you to revisit remembrance again well funny you say that Funny you You say that. I
2: watched a couple of McCoys um, uh, this week. Um, uh, Night before last, I watched Ghostlight. Yeah. Which is a real creepy, strange one. It is, yeah. Um, And I also did watch Remembrance of the Daleks. You watched it again? I did watch it again, yes.
3: And did your opinion of it go up?
2: Well, I will tell you now that this is... My thought on it is... Mm from roll! You'll have to wait until we do it again on the podcast. Oh no!
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: you guys will have to wait. I'm sure. I'm. I'm hoping that you're okay with that, mate. That we'll revisit it at some point later on this year. Yes,
3: or... I'd, I'd love to revisit because it's one of the one of the first early podcasts that we did together, wasn't it? Because it's one of my favourite stories, and at the time you watched it and was a bit bewildered why it was so high in my opinion because you just didn't get it, did you? you thought it was a bit.
2: Yes, yes. I remember. Yeah, I remember getting quite quite a lot of flack for it as well from because not just um, Seventh Doctor fans, but I remember getting a lot of stick from um, just who fans in general, because it is regarded as a pretty good Dalek story as well as a good Seventh Doctor story. So, um, yeah, I remember getting a lot of stick for that. But uh, yes, um, we shall wait and see if we um, because we have got a bit of a plan in for this year of the stuff that we want to do um but it's fairly open for or middle and back half of the year so we might stick it in there and revisit and do like review review retro review version two
3: yeah okay well i'm, I'm definitely up for doing that because I, I love remembrance and i've i've watched it quite a few times <laughs> um but i'm always up for watching it again especially if it means because uh, it seems like something has suddenly clicked with you with mccoy because i think you struggled with him um for a bit didn't you but something's obviously just clicked somewhere along the line which I'm really pleased about because I, I love the McCoy era so I'm glad that you're, you're getting into it
2: yeah and I'm not sure what it was either I really can't explain it I, I, it was just one it was a few months back now mm. I, I, I honestly can't tell you it's um, I, I think I think I saw something online Now I'll tell you what it was mate it was when we went to um, we went to the signing spectacular over in Chiswick oh yeah was that in October, November? Oh gosh, October, I, I think. That, yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember, um, like, queuing up f- to get our stuff signed and have a photo with him. Hmm. And I and I just had this feeling. I'm not, I don't know what it was. I just thought, yeah, he's a cool guy. I like I like Sylv. And then yeah. I remember when I got home after that day of the of that convention and stuck on, um, oh, I can't remember what it was now. It was, was it, some um, yeah. It was some McCoy story I stuck on and started Fenric, watching. Fenwick, was it or something? Curse of could could have been yeah. And I thought yeah yeah yeah. I, I think this is going to grow on me, and it's just gone from there really. So um, yes, really into the McCoy stuff at the moment. Um, I do
3: get it though because I think I mean looking back, of, you know, watching it when it first went out, I think there are stories that I sort of was cr- maybe cringed at a bit at the time or didn't really get into. Um, and now I absolutely love them. I think there's a real charm to the McCoy era. So I do get it. I think you've you've sort of gone through your natural progression of, uh, you know, seeing the, the sort of faults that are in there and then you sort of get past that and realise actually there's some really good stuff in there. So
2: yeah, yeah. that's good. It's a good thing. It's, um, it's like a it's like a, a, an evolution, if you like, as mm. you're, because you're, not everybody has, you know, I'm, I'm pretty certain when I say this, and you guys could correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty certain out of all 12 or 13 doctors, um, there's going to be at least one doctor that you're not, you don't really lean on to. Like if you're just bored one night and you want to watch, you know, a, an episode of Who, a classic one that is, there, are, I'm sure for everybody, there's at least one doctor that you, don't really reach to there's, you've got your Mm. favorites and then ones that you're not, not that you dislike a certain doctor, but you just don't really, you know, you're not too keen on, on their stuff. So, um, uh, silver was mine for a while. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's just taken a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a one eighty really. And, um,
3: yeah. Mine for for me, that would be Colin. You see, I I never, I very rarely dip into the Colin Baker era. guy, guy, (laughs) It's actually not because of Colin. It's just his, his stories. I, right. they're, they're quite dark and bleak, a lot of them, and I have to be in the right mood for them. But it's, it's strange because, like you said, it's not that I don't like Colin's Doctor because I do, but whenever I go to put one on, I very rarely sort of dip towards the Six Doctor era. Um, but it's strange because after we reviewed Revelation last week, I really, really wanted to watch more of Colin, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and so, it's yeah, I think you just have to be in the mood for it, I think.
2: Yeah, it's the magic of Doctor Who. Yeah. Can turn your emotions on, you know, on the flip of a coin.
3: I just hope all this good isn't undone because <clears throat> we have penciled in Delta and the Bannermen on our schedule and uh, coming up in the future. <laughs> I just hope it doesn't undo all the good. Um, uh, yeah. I don't think it will, actually. I don't think it will, but it's um, it's one of the earlier McCoys, so it has potential to do damage. Oh, okay. But you might love it.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll um,
3: Looking forward to doing that one. Yeah.
2: Other than that, did sort out the old shelf or shelves so all, yeah. um so everything is looking um neat and organized and well fairly neat yeah organized. it looks good i saw the picture yeah um, very nice the pop funcos are out the box yes they're out they're free they're unboxed mate um i'm sure this is going to tear people right down the middle with pop Funkos, but um so many people keep them in the boxes some other people unbox them don't care i thought nah they look way too good to keep in the box
3: they do look really cool on your shelf like that, all lined up. I, th- I think, yeah, they, they deserve to be out, I think.
2: And just quickly, um, I'm still trying to hunt down the um, the 10th Doctor exclusive regeneration when he's in the 9th Doctor's clothes. Yeah. I still can't find that anywhere. I know that it must be uh, knocking around um, at some US stores and stuff, but Forbidden Planet uh, com and dot still haven't got it anywhere and some other pop funko websites they don't have it so if you guys find it anywhere or know where that is please let us know.
3: Yeah I haven't seen that pop up on any of the sites yet. Yeah. Um I, I bet you saw the one that came up uh just a couple of days ago um which is a US exclusive but man am I hoping it finds its way over which is the K9 Funko pop.
5: Oh
2: just your little face. Doesn't it's he just look lit, so lit up cool, like a...
3: though.
1: doesn't he look so good.
2: <laughs> he does look very good actually.
3: I've got to get one. Yeah, got to get one. Yeah,
2: he does it really cool as soon as I saw it. (laughs) Because I think somebody else threw it up on Twitter for us, didn't they, and said, I I bet uh, Adam um, will absolutely love this. I do. And I I could just picture your face in my mind, just lit up like it's Christmas.
4: Yeah, no, no,
3: (laughs) I, I loved it. When I saw it, I was like, oh, I saw there was an exclusive to the US as well, and I was like, "No," because a lot <laughs> of them are. But they do tend to find their way overs, don't they? So yes. I'm sure he'll appear somewhere. I'm gonna have to get one because I don't want to pay some silly price on eBay because uh,
2: some of them do. But yeah, he
3: he looks really good. He'd look great on the shelf. Oh yeah, Yep. Next to your next to the uh, fourth Doctor one, which is cool.
2: Yeah, you been up to anything else, WhoWise, Wise, buddy? WhoWise? Um, who or? Wise?
3: Yeah, I've been listening to um, a bit of the River Dong,
2: <laughs> River Dong. <laughs> <laughs> river song. the river dong. river dong that's a river somewhere
3: yeah that's that's the bootleg version of the uh, river song diaries by big finish yeah um I, i've listened to the first two stories in that set it's, it's got four stories um in it and i've listened to the first two this week um i'm a bit disappointed in it actually i i've it's really not not, I don't know, because I've been really quite looking forward to this. I mean, I, I like River Song. I'm not her biggest fan, but I don't don't dislike her. I think she's, she's an interesting character. So, um, yeah, I was kind of looking forward to it. I'd heard fairly good things about it, but I've listened to the first two, and they haven't really done it for me uh, so far. So I'm hoping it gets better because they're not bad. I mean, they're, they're fun, listenable, nothing wrong with them. But, you know, like I listened to The War Doctor the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and that really, really was awesome. I loved it. So maybe my, I don't know, maybe following on from that, it just is a bit different. But um, she's good on it, though. Alex Kingdoms actually works really well on audio, River Song You just weren't impressed
2: overall. You just weren't impressed, like, overall with the story.
3: Just the first two stories are a bit meh. Yeah, nothing wrong with them. They're still okay, but, I don't know, a bit bit, bit drab. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, the first one I thought, well, you know, it's the first one and, it probably just needs to sort of get going and because there's still three to go, and then the second one I would say is slightly better. Um, but yeah, I don't know, it didn't didn't sort of set my world alight, um, that I was hoping it would, but yeah, still, still, still good. I mean, big finishes are always good anyway, there's always something to enjoy in there, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't know, still got two to go, so I'm hoping the rest of the set's good because McGann's in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I keep thinking, when's he going to come in? Because I'm really looking forward to hearing. River with uh, McGann's doctor so yeah I don't know which um, I really hope he doesn't just come in right at the last second of the last story that'd be that'd be so annoying yeah I I keep thinking when's McGann coming into it so yeah so I'm hoping the, the, the rest of the set's better
2: the diary of River Song yeah yeah not great so far
3: it's just yeah it's just it's just good it's yeah. nothing amazing so far Yeah, you just, guys yeah good.
2: you guys can't see us on skype but this is my surprised face
3: <laughs> i can see it it's just, <laughs> <laughs> um it's yeah
2: still it's, waiting for the last adventure to come down in price
3: yeah I what's know. going
2: on with that mm. desperate to pick that one up i want yes. you know i want it as a i want it on the shelf because i'm really yeah. interested in the story as well the um I know you've listened to it at least a couple of times. Is that right? You've listened, you've listened to it a couple of times already.
3: I've listen, well, I've listened to it twice, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, and I'm so intrigued about that particular story with that doctor. So he gets a proper, you know, it's his regeneration story, isn't it? Yes, yeah, It's his proper it last thing, yeah. 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 Um, but it's still 45 quid. I just can't, can't spend it. Not at the moment, anyway. I'm skint after Christmas. But, yeah. yeah. So, please, big finish, please. A lot. <laughs>
3: please reduce it. <laughs> It got a lot of good um, feedback that story, and I—I I must admit, I really enjoyed it. Um, I was really surprised to be talking to a Doctor Who fan uh, just a couple of days ago that that actually was really unimpressed um, with the send off. It's like, oh, it's a rubbish way, you know, rubbish regeneration story. And I really, you know, <laughs> I was like, that's—I think that's the first bad comment I've heard because um, I—I th- think it's really good. I, I love what they did, you know. Certainly better than um, than what we had on the TV screen, anyway. <laughs>
2: With a dodgy, um, dodgy wig, the dodgy wig and stuff. Yeah. yeah, is that the one where? Is that the one where the TARDIS lands out of a rainbow? That's the one. Yes.
0: Yes. What time was of it the Rani.
2: time of the Rani? Yeah. Mm, strange rainbow
3: landing, which uh, I don't believe we've ever seen before
2: or since. <laughs> yes, it was a, a unique landing. That one. Yeah. I don't think we've ever landed our TARDIS on a rainbow to do the news. No. no you, that, I think
3: it's a, ve- it's a very special setting. I think.
2: Yeah. Should we try it though? Yeah, we've had some rain this morning and the sun is out let's give it a go see if we can land it on a rainbow on a rainbow first up this week in the Doctor Who news um this year we're going to be treated, aren't we to, the spin-off show. Class. Class, yeah. Yeah. And uh we have some production news really. Um so this was going to be um uh, a solely BBC Wales produced program, just like the regular Doctor Who show. Mm-hmm. Um it's been a slight change of plan. The uh the production is now going to be joint um jointly shared with BBC America.
3: All oh, right. Okay.
2: Um, so they're going to be co-producing the uh, the show, which is going to be eight parts uh, coming in the autumn. There's no um, uh, set date yet of when it's going to go out. Um, but that's very close to when the actual Doctor Who show will be going out as well, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because I think
2: yeah. that's going to be going out nearer Christmas, isn't it? It must be this year. I assume so, It must yeah. be that back end of the year. So um, but anyway... Um, so BBC America have um, also confirmed uh, that they've uh, commissioned a new original scripted series uh, based on the, the Dirk Gently books.
3: Oh, Douglas Adams. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, apparently these books were inspired by the unfinished story, Charda.
3: Oh, right. Okay. Which was
2: meant to go out in, when was it? 1980, it says. Is it? Oh, I yeah. was thinking
3: it was the 70s. To- yeah, it probably was. Yeah. Yeah,
2: But it wasn't completed due to a BBC strike. There's a shock. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, BBC America they're actually um uh putting their fingers into more pies, mm. I think is the correct term. So um I'm pretty sure this won't affect how the um how class was going to uh was going to be produced and created anyway, but yeah, we it. we shall see.
3: I wondering, yeah, I'm wondering if we'll get like there's no cast or anything announced for this yet. Do you think we'll get Courtney? Are we Are gonna see Courtney again? Or do you think it'll just be a whole new thing but set in coal hill
2: yeah i think it'll be a completely new thing yeah i
3: wonder if um capaldi will make any sort of cameo in that whether you know just to sort of draw people in you know a bit like um in the sarah jane adventures they would occasionally get yeah like one of the doctors in just to sort of you know get them in there and you know properly make it canon and stuff
2: i just wonder if he'll do a little bit for it maybe maybe it'd be Mm. good if he did i mean to be honest with you mate i'm still in two minds about this one Mm. um yeah, I I'm pretty sure this is going to be aimed at the younger the younger age range. Yeah. Of who fans. Um but you never know. I'm could, getting could a sort of
3: Alien versus Wizards vibe. RCD uh,
2: kind of Yeah. thing. Yes, yeah. possibly.
3: Cuz I mean I would love to see like um you know Ian Chesterton wandering through those school <laughs> corridors, but I don't think we're going to get to see it. I'd be very surprised. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's starting to take shape, and um, we'll see. I know I do remember. I'm sure you do when it was announced on Twitter, and it all kicked off. Um And poor old Patrick Ness, the writer, must have been thinking, "I'm not sure I want to do this anymore." Because <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. man, that that was more to do with the, the timing of the BBC announcement, I think. But, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now we're sort of, now it's sort of getting a bit more real and stuff. Um mm-hmm. Getting a little bit more intrigued by it. I'm not. I'm. I am not i i will not lie. I'm not overly enthusiastic by it. But it's. Um, but it's something, isn't it? Something to think. Give it a go.
2: Yeah. And um, so that's um, autumn. So I right. think um, we're not going to get any Doctor Who related stuff until the back end of the year. It looks like. So we've got uh, quite a while before we see any official Doctor Who stuff on our yeah. screens. But there we go.
3: There we go. Okay, well, in other news, um, we will have a Doctor back on the screen um, in the not-too-distant future because the Seventh Doctor, Sylvester McCoy, is going to be starring in a new BBC2 travel documentary series called The Real Marigold Hotel. This actually sounds really quite
2: good. It does,
3: yeah. Um, Does it say when it's going to air? I think it's just late. Late late this month, yeah. Oh, it's actually sooner than I thought. It's late this late January. Brilliant. Yes. Um, So, yeah, basically, they're going to pop old Sylvester and a b- group of other celebrities including maria margles she's funny have you ever seen her yes Actually, yeah. she's bonkers isn't she yeah. maria margles um wayne sleep uh, roy walker roy walker that's the catchphrase guy isn't it uh,
2: yes roy walker yeah is, Roy um, yeah, the irish nice. guy we
3: got yep. bobby george the dance champion um jan leeming from the news so there's a bunch of <laughs> celebrities they're all going to be going to the capital state in northern india uh, basically setting up home um, and it's a kind of whether to see it's a sort of retirement thing isn't it they're going to be seeing if it would be a good place to go out and retire rather than the, comparing it to the UK that's right So, so yes. I think they're just going to be traveling around since so they're going to meet some royal family members while they're out there and and all that sort of thing yeah um,
2: they, it sounds pretty good fun it does yeah and they were there for a, quite a few weeks as well um, uh, how many weeks were there I think it was like six weeks or something like that. It was quite a long time. Yeah. We're looking Um, at
3: what they did. I mean, they went to all sorts of festivals and things
2: like that. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's going to, how does it say how many parts this series is or is it a one off? Uh, no, it is a series is a series and it's starting. Yeah. It must be in a couple of weeks time. Right. Um, but yeah, it does it really good. And I'm really looking forward because old Sylv, he's a, he's just bonkers himself, isn't he? (laughs) Yes, he is. Um, they, there's a short interview with him as well. And, um, uh, they said, "What was what was your role within the group?" And his answer was to raise a smile and play the spoons. <laughs> so you can imagine that he'll be pulling out all the tricks that you you know all the stuff that you see him do at conventions and yeah and all that stuff. I can imagine that I can I can I can actually imagine that they'll be pretty miffed with him after spending that amount of time <laughs> like every single day with him. Yeah. Um, but no, and it's not, and it's also not related to the actual film that went out because. I think this series is based on the idea and yeah. the concept of like senior citizens just, you know, buggering off for however many weeks on, on like a on a holiday. Um, so although it's called although it's called the real Marigold Hotel, it's not linked with the film in any way. It's just the same concept and idea. Yeah. Um, but yes, I'm looking forward to seeing Sylvanus.
3: Yeah, I think it'll be really good, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad it's um, yeah set to air late January, which is good, because I hadn't seen that. I thought it was going to be... I thought it was still in production, actually. So, yeah, I'll be looking out for that. So it's actually just called The Real Marigold Hotel, isn't it? That's the name of it.
2: That's the name, yeah, and it's going yeah, out yep. on BBC Two. BBC Two. Yes.
3: Excellent. Um, just There was just one other thing we were going to pick up in, on the news, which was last week we talked about this big announcement from Big Finish, didn't we? And we kept checking all the way through the podcast uh, to see if it was announced. And as soon as we stopped recording, um, it was announced. Um, and course. it was quite a good announcement, actually. It's basically they're going to be bringing out um, uh, a CD called, well, actually, I think it's going to be a, a trilogy, isn't it? Um, called The Two Doctors. No, not The Two Doctors, The Two Masters. The Two Masters, yeah. Yeah, The Two Masters. Um, So it's Jeffrey Beavis and Alex McQueen um, as The Two Masters. I'm just going to check if it's a trilogy because I... I think it was, um, but they're both brilliant and I, I love this idea and apparently it's something that they've they've wanted to do for quite some time. So yeah, it is a trilogy beginning with Doctor Who and You Will Obey Me is the first title, which sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, uh, Vampire of the Mind is the second one written by Justin Richards and uh, the final part in the saga is just called The Two Masters. So um, that's going to be really good and Sylvester McCoy is going to be in that as well. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to those. These are coming out... When
2: are these coming out? Um, At some point this year, isn't it? Later yes, this year? Yes,
3: it is, yeah. Yep. Yeah, i got to think it's March, April time. I'm not too sure. But, uh, yeah, it would be good. It's strange because I've met both um, Jeffrey Beavers and Alex McQueen and they're two really, really nice guys. And it's strange how these nice people always end up playing baddies. You know what I mean? You see These is, people yeah. who are villains very often when you meet them. They're actually the nicest people in
2: real life, so... Do you know what though with Alex McQueen? Yeah, I just can't even when he plays a a, a bad character on on Big Finish or on anything on TV. Yeah, I can. I st- when I I picture his face, I just cannot help but laugh because he's so. He's one of these guys where he's not like um, he, he's not like a typical comedian or comedy actor per se, but the roles that he takes on are just he plays them so so well and so funny. He's yeah. so deadpan and dry, even when he's playing a bad guy. I just cannot help but but laugh. He was um, he was really funny in the uh, Peter Capaldi the um, uh the comedy, the thick of it, that political. Oh right, I've you know, I've never comedy. watched that. Yeah, oh, man, you're missing out. It's um, yeah. you'll never hear somebody swear as much as Peter <laughs> Capaldi in that program. Um, but Alex McQueen's in it, and he's really funny.
3: Yeah, I know a lot um, of people say it's good. I really must check that out. Actually,
2: yeah, it's good. So. Yeah, I mean, it's great because he was in, um, He was, was he the master in Dark Eyes? Yes, he is, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. he was very good, actually. Um, but yes, yeah, so if you can get past his, um, if you can get past not picturing his face and laughing, it, um, this is going to be really good, I think.
3: I, I thought you were going to say you always imagine him as, because um, he's in the in-between, is, is, uh, is it Neil's dad? No, it's not Neil's dad, is it? Um, it's one of their dads. Who's, one of um, their dads, yeah. I thought he, that's what you were going to say.
2: And he's always getting abuse from Jay's dad. That's right, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, so he is a funny guy, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's cool. Okay, so, these, so the first one's out in April, yeah. then March, then June. So yeah, that's a good trilogy. I'll, I'll definitely be getting those. I think that's, that's a really good, awesome idea to have the two of them paired up. I'm not sure how it's going to work. It's um, be interesting. So yeah, mm. so that was the big announcement.
2: Yeah, and I think that's going to do for news. Yes. Uh, Adam, my good fellow. Hello there. Please do tell what we're we doing this week. <laughs>
3: This week, um, I was trying to think of the name of the place, and I can't find it in my notes. But yeah, this week we're doing the eleventh Doctor story, uh, The God Complex. Oh,
4: that was
1: quick. We surrender. No, it's okay. A we're not. We chair-lick. surrender. We're nice.
5: She threatened me with a cello. Who are
1: you? Oh God, we're back in reception. We surrender. I've, I've never done. been threatened with a cello before. Did no, hang on. I tell a lie.
0: Did you just say it's okay? Oh, we're nice. Else. Okay. I need everyone to yeah. shut up now. Uh, Rita, be careful, yeah pupils are dilated they are surprised as we are besides which if it's a trick it'll tell us something
5: oh you're good oh she's good amy with regret you're fired what i'm kidding the rooms have things in them there's a room here for everyone doctor even you we're gonna catch ourselves a monster Here comes a candle to light you to bed. It comes a chopper to chop off your head. Chop, chop, chop,
2: chop. Yes. Theme. <laughs> the God Complex. Um, 2011. Mm. Series, September. Six. Yeah. Is series six. Yeah. Series six. Series six. Yep. Um, series six. That was oh, that was one of the. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of Series Six overall.
3: It's, yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? It's not like it's not that accessible. A lot of yeah. the stories are a bit yeah, a bit odd,
2: a bit up and down. Um, mm. So, what do we think of this one though? So, this is um, uh, one of those nice isolated stories. Mm-hmm. Um, very little in the way of um, larger story arc. So you can probably, even if you're not into Who, you can probably watch this one fairly easily. Yeah. There's nothing, although there's a couple of little bits in there, um, it's fairly accessible. This one on its own.
3: Yeah, it's fairly standalone.
2: Yeah. Um, and it's just one of those um, really cool kind of detective figuring stuff out kind of story. Um Cause the, the doctor and Amy and Rory are on their way um, to somewhere and when they get plonked into this um, what turns out to be a, a prison um, it actually looks like a very well done uh, 80s hotel.
3: Yes <laughs> stayed in a few of those.
2: <laughs> yes and it's one of those stories where we've seen a million times before on Who where they've, they're have they plonked into this environment, have no clue why they're there or what's going on so they have to um, figure it all out hmm. which is very cool. Um so yeah, um, straight away, or pretty much straight away, we're, we're introduced to the supporting cast. Yeah, There's no big reveal for those guys or anything. We just uh, hit the ground running with them. And the situation is they, they don't know why they're there either. All they do know is that people are getting p- picked off by um, a Minotaur and they all have a room for them, which inside each room contains their deepest fears, yeah, I would say um, and yes, and so one by one, as they slowly um, uh, as they slowly give in to those fears, um the minotaur which senses this, comes out, and they are no more, yes, pretty much, um yes, and it's down to the doctor really to figure out why why this is happening so. Yes, the God Complex. Um, overall, um, pretty good. Pretty good. The story.
3: Yeah, it's it's a good. I think it's a good idea. Um, some really good ideas in there. I don't know. It feels a little bit half baked to me somehow. Half baked. I think it. Yeah, I think it is good, but it sort of feels a bit unfulfilling. Um, I find towards the end. Mm-hmm. I did. I did enjoy it. I thought it, it is good. I, I love the idea of the rooms with all the um, fears in and all that, everybody having their own room. I think it's a fantastic idea. Um, I don't know. I, just, I wasn't blown away, but the thing is I, I, I wanted to do this one because I remember thinking it was good but couldn't remember anything about it, if that makes sense. And um, yep. I definitely enjoyed rewatching this and I did think there's some really great stuff going on in it. Um, but I don't know. It, it just left me feeling a bit unsatisfied somehow. Um I, I like the fact it, it turns you know it's all turns out to be a simulator. I love that effect at the end. It's very Tron. Tron, yeah, I was yeah, say that. Very area. Tron, isn't it that yeah. room in the end. Um I yeah, I don't know. I thought yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in here though. I think overall I, I did enjoy it. Um I really I really want to know what's in door 11. I know we we get told it's the crack, don't we in in time of the doctor. Yeah. We get told that's what he sees in the room, but that doesn't make any sense to me because he says who else? Um,
2: yes,
5: I'm
3: just assuming it's the war doctor, but I don't know. Do we ever get a real clear clarification on that?
2: Yes What's well, in the doctor's room yeah, so um, for those listeners that um, haven't seen this episode um or are not who haven't seen it in a long time, just a refresher um each room in this supposed hotel contains like we said the um the the person's you know utmost fears or something that they're 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 very scared of and um the doctor opens his his door doesn't it which is uh, suitably numbered 11 yeah and all we hear we actually hear the tARDIS oh yeah we hear the cloister the bell the cloister don't we? bell of the tARDIS yeah that's yeah. right yeah so it is kind of it is very weird because it was it was almost confirmed to us later wasn't it that it was the crack in the wall yeah um however you can hear the tARDIS cloister bell and there is a there is a very big Rumor, which is kind of, which which makes more sense to me, which is that it's the War Doctor. Yeah, that would be well more. Is. That would make more sense to me, mm. because at that point, before we got onto um, Day of the Doctor, or even before that, should I say, um, it was, it the Doctor was very, very, what's the word I'm looking for, very well, actually, yeah, very fearful of the War Doctor. Yeah, yeah, you know, so that makes makes more sense. sense. Yeah, yeah, but I think from a canon official point of view, it is meant to be the crack in the wall. Mm. Um, So yes, that's and then we see um, some other really creepy things in those rooms as well. I must admit, there was some there was some little creepy bits in this episode.
0: It's
3: very Uh, creepy at the start, isn't it? It's one thing that that sort of struck me is actually it's quite. um, it's quite scary, actually. The first few minutes are pretty full on, uh, and I love it. I think it's brilliant, actually.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely got that um, the Shining, oh yes. kind of vibe. Yeah. You know, it's very, you know, old hotel, very creepy and scary. But then it's also got stuff in there that actually do genuinely freak people out. There's a there's a clown sitting <laughs> on the end of a bed in one room, which just I can imagine really.
3: What is it about clowns that are just freaky as hell? It,
2: it's Stephen King's It. Yes. has yeah. just made the entire world fearful of clowns, I'm sure <laughs> of it. Um, but, yeah, so the clown is very creepy. What else is there? Um, there's Weeping Angels.
3: I'd, yeah, that's one of the things I'd completely forgotten about, actually. Um, when they went into the Weeping Angels, I'd, I forgot they were even in it. Um, mm. And it doesn't turn out to be... Because we assume it's Amy's room, don't we? But it's not. It's actually... Um, Does it turn out to be Gibbous's room, that one? Um, I don't know why he would be scared of the angels, but um, it turns out not to be be Amy's room. But yeah, I'd forgotten the angels were in it completely.
2: Mm -hmm, Me too. Because I must admit, it's been a while, a long while. In fact, do you know what? I don't think I've actually watched this one. I I mean, when I picked up the box set um, for Series 6, I watched it once as I was going through it, you know, like a little mini marathon when I first got the box set. And I don't think I've watched it since then. And that was, that's been a few years.
3: It comes back to what you were saying earlier, actually. It's not one of those stories that I, I sort of want to get, you know, think, what do I watch like? It's not one I feel like putting on. Yeah. Um, but it, Because it's, um, it's it is quite a strange, the way it's directed and that's a lot of jump, cuts and like you said all that there's a lot of weird stuff going on isn't there mm. It's not like a sort of fluid story that you can just sit and watch um although it's a fairly simple storyline, but it's not an easy sort of going watch, is it It's quite sort of um it's quite scary and it's and then there's lots of talking in it. I mean there are some scenes in it where they're very dialogue heavy yes you know yep. um <clears throat> so it's a bit of a strange one overall i think mm. in in terms of that it's not one I would sort of immediately go to put on. Uh, mind you, there's not that many in Series 6, I think I would. I think, actually, it's one of the better ones out of a, quite a mixed bag, actually.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, support cast. Support cast, yeah. Like I said, we get those guys get thrown on screen pretty early, because the Doctor and uh, Amy and Rory have like a little mini-confrontation at the beginning. Yeah. We have that wonderful little line from the Doctor where, Amy... You're, you know, regrettably you're fired.
4: <laughs> yeah, I love that. She bit. gets
2: really humpy, and then he's like, oh, "I'm just kidding," and then he turns. Over, he's like, "Call me." Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I love that. that. So, um, so that scene is really cool, and, um, I would probably say the natural ringleader of that little group is Rita. Yes. Yeah. She seems to be the most clued, clued up. Not what's happening, because she's, I think, she's as confused as everybody else, but she seems to have more of a sensible handle, um, on handling things that makes sense with handles and um (laughs) which i think is why the doctor's drawn to her quite quickly because she has that um similar mentality to the doctor where even when they're thrown into a situation where it's potentially um very bad but it's still figuring stuff out she seems to be the level-headed thinking stuff through yeah which is what the doctor doctor
3: likes her isn't it Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: so yeah um Amara Karen. I thought she was pretty good, actually. She had this very... She had a confidence about her, which I really liked, about her character. Yeah, I agree with that. Which played off quite well on the other ones, because um, Gibbous was that very... You know, as he's supposed to be with that race of people. Um, what are they, the Tavolians.
3: That's it. I was trying to think what they were, yeah. Tivolians. yeah. Because we get to see one in Series 9, don't we, played by... Um... A different guy, different character, but same race. Under the lake, yeah.
2: Yeah. Before the flood. Um yeah, so that race of people they're very cowardly and you know, they don't wanna they don't like confrontations and stuff. So with characters like that, um, and I think it was those two really that I enjoyed the most out of the support cast.
3: I think Dave Williams is pretty good in it. Actually, He's, he he plays that sort of cowardly vul type creature pretty well. Yeah, um, he, he doesn't wasn't too go bad. over the top. No, I think he actually is pretty good in it. He does he adds a bit of humour into it without going too far? I think. Yeah, yeah, I quite liked him in it. And like you said, uh, Amira Karan, she's she's very good as Rita. In fact, in fact, I think all the supporting cast are pretty good in this because some of them we don't really get to know that well. They're probably the two that we get to sort of you know, get to sort of um meet more. Yeah. Whereas the other ones kinda get picked off and killed fairly quickly. But um but yeah, I do actually think all the cast in this are pretty decent. I mean, who's the lad with the glasses, the sort of geeky guy? Howie. Howie. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite sad, isn't it, when he gets gets to his room and it's just him being taunted by those girls and stuff. And it's a bit of a Star Trek reference, I think. But um but yeah, all the cast are good in this, I thought. I Because thought, you do care about them, even though, because this is the thing, sometimes you don't get to know characters too well in Doctor Who and they get sort of picked off. But you think, well, oh, I couldn't care less. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't sort of feel anything for them. But in this, that you do, I think, even though we don't get to see them for that long, you know. And pretty much everybody dies in this,
2: don't they? Um, I believe so. I'm just trying to think yeah. of who survives. Oh no, bit... Gibbis survives. Oh
3: yeah, Gibbis survives. Of course he would. Yeah. Actually, that is a that is a brilliant scene. Actually, when this this is just again just shows how great Matt Smith was as a doctor. I don't know if you thought this, but you know, because Matt's quite jokey in this, isn't it? There's some great bits of humour in in a lot of you know because it's quite a dark story. But there's a scene where he turns to Gibbis and basically confronts him about being a coward and always putting someone yeah. else get picked off and he really sort of turned serious and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you thought it but I just thought what a great little scene because it it sort of shows Matt being the doctor how the doctor always uses humour to try and take away you know that they actually they're all going to die sort of thing so he's you know the doctor always plays up and pretends to be this sort of idiotic fool when actually deep down he's you know really scared and knows what's going on and I just thought the way Matt did that, the way he just turns and, and, and really turns serious on Gibbous was, was brilliant, a real great little scene. And I, I, I love Matt Smith's Doctor. The more I see him, I just think he was great.
2: Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, we'll come on to Matt in a little while, but that mm. I think he strikes a good balance in this episode. Yeah. Some Some episodes he's very, very, very clown-like and over-the-top and... Yeah, and, and quite crazy. In other episodes, he's he can maybe due to the scripts. I think he has to turn on like the darker side a little bit. But I mm-hmm. think in this one, it was a good mix of a couple of serious bits, especially when he's talking to Amy at the end as well. Yeah, you know, and that scene you just mentioned with Gibbous as well. Those little scenes—they're quite serious and quite touching sometimes. Um, and then it literally. Which Matt Smith has such a great talent of doing. Literally at a snap of fingers, he's just back into very Troughton-y, mm. clown-like nuts. So yeah, I really like that scene as well. And, and Gibbis, I think David Williams, I think he did um, a pretty good job. I think I think a lot of people were expecting him to be a bit more um, sort of out there and a bit more funny, but I think he yeah. I think he toned it down pretty much to spot on. Really, I think he yeah. had that very because we have to remember he is meant to be quite a reclusive cowardly you know turn and run away at the first opportunity sort of character so he's not really going to be very outspoken and you know um like a typical comedian playing a character it's not meant to be that way he's meant to be a lot more sort of reclusive and stuff so i think he did a pretty good job actually he had some funny little lines as well there was one scene that's really funny at the end when they're up in the when they're up in this prison and they can there's like a a porthole in the floor and they can see down into space and um he's like that planet down there that <laughs> yeah that one there that green one i'm from there <laughs> yeah. you know it's just so it's just perfectly done you know it's not staged too much and you know it's but just I, like a little side while the like the important stuff's going on
3: yeah, no, I, I liked his performance in this. I thought he was comedic, but not, not too much. I I liked it a lot better than, um, it was Paul Kay, wasn't it? I was just looking it up. Uh, yeah, Paul Kay played uh, Prentice, didn't he? Oh, in, in um, the- Before the Flood, which is sort of uh, another, supposed to be the same race. And for me, I know a lot of people liked him, but for me, I thought Paul Kay went way over the top with his Performance, I didn't like it. I thought it was just just too silly. Right. Whereas I yeah. think Williams is sort of um, comedic in this, but I think he's, he's sort of like you said, he keeps it toned down enough. Probably because of the sort of um, I don't know, maybe because of the cast around him and just that whole atmosphere of the whole story. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. I think he pitches it just right. Yeah, I think yeah. he's
2: good. And that's that. Those two characters, like I said, um, Rita and, and Gibbous, they were they were the, like in most enjoyable for me to watch because she was very very different. She was very much the headstrong, logical, think stuff through. So she was very good. And I was, it was a shame to see her go as well. I yeah. really didn't want to see her succumb uh, to that. And it, it it was almost it was quite well written in a way that we'd already seen other people who had gone, who had succumbed to the fear and that whole praise him thing, which was quite creepy in itself. Because um, we had that guy tied up in the room with all the – the dolls oh. didn't we
3: yeah well i mean that's visually fantastic wasn't it a lot i love that
2: yeah this guy joe wasn't it um so he was yeah so he was tied up wasn't he and he was surrounded by loads of these horrible retro looking dolls that were laughing their heads off <laughs> Brilliant. um yeah and so he'd succumb and then we saw all the pictures on the wall which i'm assuming are all the past people that have been there so we saw like um we saw a centaur didn't we yeah, I saw some other people. A Jadun, um, a Cat one, Woman. The, I seem to remember. Yeah, one of the Cat Kind sisters and some other people. So we'd we'd already been exposed to that part of the story where lots and lots of people have already succumbed to this thing, and uh, very recent characters are are there as well with the policewoman at the beginning. Oh yeah, forgot to yeah. mention her. She kind no, of sets the right. story up. Yeah. So when Rita, when it's Rita's turn, I thought. You know is it gonna is the doctor going to be able to save her because we've seen all these people succumb already, but you know she's very cool character is it are they going to do a bit of fan service and save her but mm. yeah but she um it was quite sad to see actually, and it's another one of those little scenes as well you know we mentioned about some of these little serious scenes, yeah when the doctors um can see her on the cameras and you know has phoned her up in the room and you can tell that he's obviously affected by it he doesn't he doesn't want her to to Go, but she, um, I think she's very much like, you know, you need to let me do this in private, sort of thing, so just go and and and, and that stuff. So that was that was quite a good, a good scene, I thought, as well.
3: It is a good scene, yeah, because he switches the TV off of the Sonic because he's like watching it all on monitors, isn't he? Yeah, which is yeah. a bit of a running theme, isn't it? We we see sort of quick shots of sort of um of, of scenes as if they're f- filmed on a TV monitor and stuff, yeah. Um, yeah, it is a good, it is a good scene. In fact, he even he even invites Rita on to join him in the TARDIS at one point, doesn't he? He becomes very attached to Rita very quickly. Yes. Um, yeah. Which does work, surprisingly, considering how little time they spend together. But they do instantly click, don't they? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there's a good sort of um good chemistry between Matt and and Amara or the Doctor Rita, whichever you want. But, yeah, it d- does work because I think sometimes you sort of think, well, hang on, why has he asked her to join him on the TARDIS? He's only known her two minutes, but... Yeah, he sees something in her he likes. It does make that scene that you're talking about even more poignant, I think, that he's actually, you know, he's actually can't do anything about it. He
2: can't save her. Um, yeah, it's a good scene. Yeah, it's good. Howie, the little geek. Howie, the little geek. Yeah. He, um, he goes bonkers. He does go bonkers. And that's quite a good build-up as well. Mm. Um, the way that we see him. Because um, it's that first word, isn't it? That When they're acting completely normal. And when you first hear them say it, when they say praise him, praise him, yeah. Even if they're not doing it full on at that point, you you can tell in their face that they're like, oh no, because it kind of slips out, and and from that point on, you know, it's uh, there's danger and bad times ahead. So yeah. little Howie, um, I thought he was okay. Um, yeah,
3: yeah, he's fine. I, I yeah, it's quite. I guess so. Visually, when he's being, when he's tied up and the sonic's being used as a mic, and you've got that really awful music blaring out stuff. It does, it visually is, is brilliant. In fact, this episode is visually brilliant. Um, it's one thing I must say about it. It's it really, the whole look and style of it is is great, isn't it? With all the corridors and, and like you said earlier about the, the dummies, yep. um, the staircase shots and the shots of like Howie just tied up next to that really archaic looking cassette player and everything's, you know, the detail and look of this episode is brilliant. Yeah. You know, and you kind of... Yep. um. Yeah cuz we don't get to see much of the minotaur like that scene where Howie's tied up you know we we know something we sort of see something coming and you get to see little bits of it and i think the minotaur is better when it's like that cuz when we do finally get to see it it's not mm-hmm. it's not that great actually but um yeah. yeah but yeah howie cool little guy um does he He gets he goes as well doesn't
2: he yeah he um because yeah. they use him as bait almost don't they
3: yeah that's right yeah gibbous gibbous again isn't it they use him <laughs> as bait, but gibbous is supposed to s- <laughs> yeah. watch him and, and and does he set him free or something he does yeah yeah
2: how he convinces oh, him yeah. to uh right. to set him free and but the doctor's using him as his record he's recording his voice isn't he and yeah. luring the minotaur into that which looks like a little salon or a something yeah. i'm not sure a beauty parlor or something but um
3: What's the deal with the fish as well? Doctor's like save the fish, and then Amy's like looking at the fish, and I'm like, what's going on? What's the thing? what's the deal with the fish?
2: Yeah, not
3: sure.
2: Not sure. Strange. Not sure. Um, and yeah, so the supporting cast I thought were I thought were really good actually. Um, yeah, they are. Yeah, I thought they were very good. Um, so what do you think to the Minotaur them?
3: Yeah, the Minotaur. I I, I think. Um, because it, it's so bright, you know like the the corridors and that i mean it's it's better when you know, like the scene when they're in that salon and it's very dark, yeah it's much much more menacing mm-hmm. isn't it than yeah. when when we actually get to see it clumping down the the <laughs> hallways of the of the um hotel and that. um it yeah. doesn't look that good when we get to see it sort of exposed too much, I think it's better kept in the dark and that um i suppose it's it i mean it doesn't look dreadful it's not. For, you know, I'm trying to think, what year would this have been? It, st- it still looks decent, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's better when it's in the shadows, I think. Um, yes, yeah. It's, we um, sort of get a few close-ups of the eye as well, which that was pretty... kind of remind me of the Dalek eye a bit.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, like the a actual, the blue colour and the shape of his pupil, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I thought I thought the costume and the makeup myself was okay. Probably, you know, with not the, the biggest budget in the world it was okay it was a bit clunky and and you know you could the, the movements between like the various muscles in the face and the mouth and stuff they were a little bit they weren't as smooth uh, you know they were a bit sort of you could tell absolutely it was like an animatronic kind of yeah. um, movement and stuff but you know it's you, you, you Completely forgive that stuff, you know. It's
3: it's, it's not bad, is it? It's, no, it's okay. It doesn't look bad. Um, the, the did voice you feel is good. sorry for it when it? Yeah, the voice is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess say, did. You feel sorry for it when it died?
2: Um, I did a little bit. Did it have a little bit. I of, did yeah. a, a little bit. Yeah. I, I wasn't like you know. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to reach for the tissues, but I, I, you know, I, I was a little bit um, because I, I think more so because you could you could tell how how sad the doctor was about it. Yeah, yeah. I think that was. That added to the the emotional aspect of that, especially at the end, where the doctor can tell that because it, 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 I think it's, I think they lean towards that this creature's been doing this for a very long time.
3: It's, it's almost
2: torture, isn't it? Yeah. So you, yeah. you can tell that it's something that it's just forced into doing now. It doesn't want mm. to do it, and I think his closing line because that's one of the cool things about this script actually, and I think Toby Whithouse did a really good job of. Having this monster not being able to talk, but the doctor being able to translate it for us, yeah, um, and I, and I think, and I think, yeah, that's probably what makes it more emotional for me. Is you can hear like the various growls and moans and stuff from the monster, which you can't emotionally link because it's not English or any type of language. But the performance that Matt gives and the way that he delivers the lines. I think make it quite emotional, especially that last one where he says, um, uh, "Death would be a gift." You know, just before the monster passes away, mm. just before it dies, and I think that's, um, yeah, I, I think that's what makes this script pretty good. Actually, I think Mister um, Whithouse did a great job of those interactions between the Doctor having to translate for us what this monster's saying. Mm. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. So yeah, I did have a little bit of a. A bit of a sad thought there at the end. and um,
3: I like the fact the Doctor says he's a, a distant relation to a, a Nymon as well. I love the fact the Naimon gets name-checked in this.
2: Of course, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. is very cool. Yeah. Um, okay, and let's move on to our companions. Mm. Uh, Amy and Rory. Amy and Rory, yeah. Um, Didn't do a great deal in this one. They don't do a
3: great deal, but do you know what? When they first land because it's been a while since I've watched the 11th Doctor story. I don't know about you, but I've forgotten how much I love the three of them together. Um, Like you said, they don't get much to do in this story, but they are just, you know, when they first get there and there is some good humor, isn't there? Like that bit where, you you know, that you played in earlier where he says you're fired. And there's some really nice interaction between the three actors. I really do love this TARDIS team. Um, like I said, especially just at the beginning when they're all together and they feel like a little unit, I think. That's yeah. what I like about it. When they land, they feel like they're, they're all, yeah, just like this little closed unit. So, yeah, it's a shame they don't get a bit more to do in this. I mean, Amy gets to save the fish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what does um, Rory get to do? Rory, Rory. Well, spots a fire exit, but doesn't that, yeah? You know, he doesn't get a lot to do, does he, poor
2: old Rory? No, he has a couple of funny little lines. Mm. Um, like in that clip that we played. Um, earlier where he 's like it's it 's okay we 're nice, um, and then Amy immediately jumps on him in her brash kind of way um he puts up with a lot Rory oh he does um I think we said <laughs> that before he does put up with yeah. a lot um and at the end as well, which we 'll come on to in a second but um yeah, I think during for the you know the bulk of the story i think rory 's character was was written as a a little bit of a tag on mm. to be honest with you, he just follows Amy around a lot and Throws yeah. in a couple of little one-liners, which is, to be honest with you, in in this particular episode, in this story, it was okay for me really because there's quite a. I wouldn't say there's a lot going on visually. It's paced quite well. It's not too. far I mean, it's very. It's cut together very quickly in some places. Yeah, the pacing it's manic wise, cutting, isn't hmm, it? But yeah. pacing wise, the story itself is 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 pretty good, and I think if we had because there have been some stories haven't there with with these three where um Amy and Rory g- tend to go off and do their own thing sometimes mm. yeah whereas in this one I think if they did that it would it would kind of muddy the waters a little bit I think this story needs to be kept fairly simple and mm. and clean so I didn't have a problem really with Rory just not really doing much and I think I think Amy's contribution was was more than Rory's you know especially at that scene where she starts to succumb to to the fear and when she goes into her room she can see herself, can't she? As a yeah, little girl Yeah we get to
3: see um, we get to see the young Amy from which again I'd completely forgotten about and they, you know they got the same same um, girl, haven't they, that was in the eleventh hour, which is really nice because I think later on when uh, in time of the doctor they use somebody else didn't they um probably because is it caitlin that girl probably because she'd grown up um so it's really nice that we've got her and she looks the same yeah um and yeah so amy although she doesn't get to do much in this story she's turns out to be quite um pivotal in terms of the plot doesn't she because the doctor sort of has to destroy his faith or her faith i should say in him in him yeah which is kind of what in the end defeats the creature um, so she is right, yeah. important to the story, but she doesn't get much to do in it. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing that reminds me very much of because you've recently watched Curse of Fenric. Did you not think when you were watching that the Doctor sort of um, saying, you know, I I was always going to do this, to you. you were always going to die, and he's sort of saying all this stuff, which is quite horrible that Amy yeah. believed. Did that make you think of the? Because it did me. I was thinking well, that's the Seventh Doctor talking to Ace in Fenric, just totally destroying confidence of faith in him but you know I was thinking I don't know that Amy would have fell for that actually I think Amy's quite savvy I, I think even if she'd have played along I don't think she I think she would have figured out what the Doctor was doing but yeah you
2: know, now that you yeah I didn't think of that at the time but now you, now you say it yeah. I can completely see it yeah that's a that's actually a, a lot of a tougher scene to watch in Fenric oh it is because Ace He's, is destroyed at that yes. point you can tell she's really but anyway yeah that's um yeah, you can see that. Um, yeah, and I, I agree with you. I don't think that would have washed with Amy. I, I, no, think, I think she's a she lot more. she would have more... like. What are you talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's a bit more mouthy. Yeah.
3: Um, but yeah, I mean that. That's the thing, though. So just to clarify, she he destroys her faith in him, and that then means that the my the uh, yeah minor isn't it. Yes. Has is, is then not got that faith because it's is it the faith that's keeping him going it's like an energy thing isn't it that's the only bit wasn't too that's right yeah he feeds
2: yeah. off people's lack of faith right. and the only and, way to to bring that out in people is to you know scare them into
3: but he kind of wants he, to be part of his misery doesn't he, he sort of, that's yeah. the doctor sort of thinking well he
2: wants yeah he's, he's had enough of this he's been doing it for so long yeah i think it's like when you're scared so much to the point where like you start you know praying and stuff and all that like that's when your faith comes out so yeah. which which the which he feeds on so and it's and it is quite good how that little scene there between the doctor and amy where he's like you know you're because he can't figure out why some people are going and some people aren't and when he clicks and then we go through a little bit more of the story and we realize that when we see little amy he immediately you know thinks like right you she's that little Amy inside her is still waiting for me. It's, you know, yeah. It's kind of a psychological thing, but, um, yeah. And it's good how he, he breaks that barrier down. He's like, you know, I'm not a hero and all that stuff. And, I am just a madman with a box. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, and that stuff. So it's it's, it's cool. And like you say, she is quite pivotal at the end. And, um,
3: and it's a nice tight little throwback to the eleventh hour when she sat waiting for him and all that time. And that, yeah, you know, there's a nice little throwback to that.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah. So overall, Amy and Rory didn't have a great deal to do. They didn't have yeah. much in the way of a script or action or anything like that. Yeah. But I'm cool with that with this story. Um, yeah. You know.
3: Although I'm just thinking about the the very end scene. Um, That's, again, something I'd completely forgotten about, that the Doctor realises that he's, you know, um, if they carry on travelling with him, the likelihood is he's going to lose them. Um, And so he drops them off at home, doesn't he? And he gives Rory a car, (laughs) which is really random. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I'd forgotten that they sort of got packed off at the end of this episode, and it is very much a a goodbye, isn't it?
2: Um, Like you said, the, the, the performance from them, all three of them, is great, I think. It is yeah and that's one of the um that's another one of the funny lines when that because the doctors basically said you know here's a house yeah and here's you know here's wow. a car for Rory and he's like <laughs> she's gonna say to you that this is too much and blah 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 oh, he, yeah <laughs> so that's quite cool and then now we have that nice little touching scene and I thought it would be I thought it would be sadder than that because whenever there's a departure in Doctor Who and well for the most part anyway it is quite emotional but Amy seems quite okay with it she didn't break down at all she didn't you know start bawling her eyes out it's a little bit teary but you know I think she kind of understands why he's doing it and I have yeah. like a little chuckle as well and and I think for for me the the more emotional part and the more upsetting part is watching the doctor go back into the TARDIS with that face oh. like I hate goodbyes and I don't really want to do this but it's for your own good sort of thing
3: yeah yeah oh, I agree with you it's, it's, yeah Matt's face when he just looks back at her is uh, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? And then you get that long shot of him just stood alone at the console. Because I, as I said, I'd completely forgotten all of that, and yeah, I, I was quite—I thought it was a really touching little scene. I, I loved it actually. Because I—I'll be honest with you, I wasn't a fan of Rory and a- Amy and Rory's exit um, in the Angel mm-hmm. of Manhattan. I—I I didn't really like the way they. They left the show. Um, In some ways, I I actually prefer this. I do, actually. It's much simpler. It's just you can see the reasons why the Doctor's doing it. Yeah, I actually thought it was a really nice little exit for him. I kind of wish that's how it ended for him, actually. Because I I found the whole then getting trapped in a time that the Doctor can't revisit stuff all a bit OTT, whereas this is just a nice, simple little scene.
2: Yeah. Yep. I agree. But like
3: you say, Matt sells it. His face when he uh, there's something about Matt, isn't there? He's like he's a young guy with an old face, or so. I, I can't. There's just something about him, and he does look otherworldly in a way. Yeah, and I mean that in the nicest way, Matt. If you're listening, <laughs> well, let's let's finish
2: on Matt then, because his yeah. performance was very very good. He is good, um, and like I said at the beginning, series six for me wasn't one of my favourites. No, and I don't. That's not necessarily a reflection on Matt himself. That's more of a Moffat thing. Mm. Um, And it was very up and down, I feel, Series 6. But this particular one is a nice little on-its-own story. I I think Matt really did, um, you know, bring everything to the table, really. He didn't... It wasn't one of those epic ones. You know, like some stories like the Pandorica thing where he has, like, his really big speech and, you know, those type of stories where it's not going to win an Oscar or anything. But every scene that he was in, I think he nailed it pretty much. He was... He had this really nice mix of stupidity and funny little one liners and stuff. Yeah. But, it was, but it was also peppered with these really lovely little serious scenes. And especially that bit at the end as well, where he's just on his own and all you can hear is the TARDIS mm. in the background. There's no music. It's, it is kind of heartbreaking in a way because we all know over the years that the doctor doesn't do well on his own. No. You know, mm. so you, you know that coming up, you know, in the next stories, what was the next one? Um, closing time
3: closing time yeah
2: and and moving forward you feel you know wow doctor's gonna be pretty pretty lonely and pretty you know down in the dumps a little bit having to you know fly around on his own so and like you say matt sells that so well especially that bit at the end where he's walking away and and he is he's he's mature he's he's a mature guy i think he was only what 20 what was he 20
3: Early 20s. He's 20, a young young yeah. chap. I mean, I sometimes wonder with Matt what kind of doctor he would have made um, if he'd have been cast, you know, sort of uh, a few years later, sort of when he was in his 30s. I think, I mean, I think he's fantastic as he is, but I can't help but sort of wonder what he would have been like with a bit more. Do you know what I mean? If he was in it in his sort of 30s, hmm. maybe even a bit later, I think he'd be phenomenal, actually. Well, I think he is anyway. I just... Yeah, I don't know. I just sometimes wonder that, and I watch it just thinking, wouldn't it be interesting if, um, if they had a cast him a bit later down the line? What, how amazing he would have been? Because I think he sometimes does look incredibly young. I mean, in Series Five, yeah, he's got such a young face. Yeah, um, yep. but he still really, yeah, he still really sells it. He still works incredibly well as the Doctor. I, I'm a big fan of Matt. Yeah,
2: yeah, very, very good in this. I thought.
3: I was trying to remember how the Ponds come back into it because because I'd forgotten they left. I was thinking, so how do they how do end up travelling with them again then? Because it's such a final goodbye, isn't it? So when do they actually come? Because closing times with um, Craig, isn't it? That's he sort of him and Craig in that story.
2: And um, then yeah, he goes back to Craig, yeah. Um, and then
3: presumably the Ponds come into it after. I can't remember now. I think so it long was, since I've watched Series Six.
2: Um, well, they're in the wedding of River Song, aren't they? Oh goodness me, yeah. Which is a couple of episodes later. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, they're, they're only out of it for a little while. Right. But um, but no, it, I must admit a,
3: that is one thing that does slightly annoy me about Moffat's era is the whole fake endings and leavings. I mean, it does remind me very much of like Face the Raven and all this. You get such a brilliant goodbye. And, and then, sort of, literally, like one or two episodes later, it's completely trampled all over. Yes, um, if you know what I mean. And that, that is yeah. one thing that really annoys. Me. It's a bit like the deaths in the Moffat era, isn't it? How if somebody dies, they can have a brilliant death scene, but you can't ever sort of think you think, no, they'll probably be back next week. Um, I think it's a bit of a flaw, really. But yeah, Wedding of River Song, they must must come back into it. Yeah. There's another one I haven't watched for a long time. Yes, we'll yeah, do that at some point.
2: Well, it's um, yeah, series six. I'll be honest with you, I don't generally reach for it when i want to watch them even if i want to watch the matt smith i don't generally reach for this one so um but it was good to uh it was good to find a, a good little story like this yeah in yeah in series six so um yeah scores my good friend scores um I'm gonna, this week it's me
3: yeah i'm gonna go for 7.5 <laughs> out of 10. i i enjoyed it a lot i think it was i think the direction was really good in this who was the director um, Nick Horan Nick Horan yeah Nick Horan not a name that um, rings the bells, but I think he did a I think visually, don't you? It's a brilliantly done episode. I mean, some of the cutting in that is manic
4: and oh, yeah yeah,
3: yeah, and I love the concept of it. as I said, I know I said at the beginning that it's, it's a bit unfulfilling. There is something just missing for me in this. It doesn't you know. It doesn't blow me away, this story, but I do enjoy it. So, yeah, so 7.5 out of 10 for me, mate. What about you?
2: Okay, um, for me, I will give it a 7. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll give it a 7 because, um, which I think is a good score still. Um, yeah. I just think that it's um, it's one of those really good little stories. I mean, it's not one that, you know, I'd particularly rave about if somebody said to me... I want to get into Doctor Who, and I've watched some other Doctors. I now want to watch a Matt Smith one. What would you recommend? I probably wouldn't go with this one because I think there is like a handful, at least half a dozen other very very good Matt Smith stories. But um, I still really enjoyed it, and I, I liked the, I liked the story. I liked the whole retro kind of, um, you know, Kubricky. Yeah. you know george orwell kind of vibe to it you know it's that's very cool and like you said it's visually very good yeah um yeah and i just think it's one of those enjoyable it's, it's nothing to to go nuts about i just think it's one of those really enjoyable um matt smith stories mm,
3: and a very good concept as well love the idea of the rooms yeah really good
2: yes yeah very very good sounds, yeah what did you guys think of it um we've got some audio clips in as well as uh on twitter and facebook let's hear from our good friend joe sweeney
0: hello big blue box hope you guys are well i think it's one of the good i think it's one of the good episodes out of series six i like the concept of the story that um that they were in a 1980s um hotel and then turned out later on it was a spaceship and and also the the the, the storyline was quite easy to follow I do find this. Some of the support characters are their performances slightly a bit wooden, but um, David Runnyms wasn't too bad in it. But his character just wasn't as funny. Um, the, the monitor was very well thought up. Yeah, I, I think he was really good. And um, and those laughing dolls in 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 the room was quite a bit creepy. And um, and also, I like the speech when the Doctor was talking to Amy, saying, like, not having any more faith in him. And also, he's, when he says that um, he isn't a hero, and he says um, he's just a madman in the box. And also, the ending scene, when him, with him saying goodbye to Amy and Wari, well, temporarily, and then going off in the titles on his own. I thought that was a really, really nice touch, and a perfect way to end the episode. So I'm giving um, God Complex... And
2: over, over a score of um, eight out of ten. Cheers, Joe.
0: Thank you very much, Joe.
2: You make some good points there. Eight out of ten.
3: He does actually. Just before you go on the comments, there is something I want to ask you about because um, I I forgot this last week as well, and I've forgotten it this week. So I did mean to say to you, what did you think of the music in this? Because in Revelation of the Daleks, I completely forgot to say this last week. I loved the music, Roger Limb's score. I thought it was brilliant. I found the music in this a bit overbearing and a bit annoying, um, but, but also quite creepy as well in times, which was good. But I, I, I just, I forgot to ask you about the music last week. So I'm throwing it in there while I remember. Did okay. You, did you find Murray's score a bit, a bit weird in this?
2: Yeah. I think they were trying to do, I think they were trying to do something slightly different than, because it doesn't sound like a normal doctor who episode It is a little bit quirky. Um, and to be honest with you, I I would have liked to I, this is my personal opinion. I would have liked to have a bit more of a more of a horror themed, creepier yes. soundtrack to this. Yeah. I, I I think it was still quite I think Murray Gold's music is very um I find it very generic at some times. So I think that's what I'm trying to say. It's there are some episodes of Doctor Who where you have these nice little bits from Murray Gold but the majority of the episode and I've said this before you could they could probably have purchased some stock music from somewhere mm. you know and it would have been fine and Murray Gold's music wouldn't have been any better or worse than that there are some episodes where his music's just just mind-blowingly amazing Mm. You know, and wouldn't change it. But I think in this particular episode, yeah, it was just a little bit generic for me. And I would have liked it a bit scarier, a bit more intense. Yeah, exactly how I feel. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, It's just one of those things I meant to bring up with you because that's what I felt. There were some bits where, like at the beginning, where it's really good and it's really scary. And then, yeah, there's scenes later on where it's almost comedic. And I was thinking it doesn't suit it because it's a dark story. And it's, I don't know if they're just sort of trying to lighten the... Atmos a bit, was it? But I was thinking, you know, like you said, it almost sounded a bit stock music, as if it was from one of his other apps that he's thrown in there. Yeah. And, you know, do, 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 do you know, I was thinking, no, 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 it's not, yeah. But, yeah, I just yeah. wondered, because I forgot about to mention the music last week, which, um, which is awesome this in is Revelation. Great. Yeah. Yeah, and I kicked myself um, <laughs> when we'd finished recording I hadn't mentioned it, and I nearly did it again this week. So, sorry to interrupt the listeners' comments. Let's get back to them. Yeah,
2: oh, cool. Uh, over on Twitter, um, uh, Pedro the Hoovian. Uh, One of the best 11th Doctor stories with the Weeping Angels. Uh, Although, is it canon as it features the 11th Doctor? Mm. I'm not sure. Uh, He gives it 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Um, George Garrity um, is at G underscore unit 91. Says, um, uh, he says, oh yes, I remember this one. In all honesty, uh, this one I have to be in the mood for. Uh, With all the morales and themes presented, it can be hard to watch when you just want a simple adventure, yet um, it's saving grace um, when you're in the mood. Uh, Mm. The nightmare aspect is very well used, and the scene where they had to break um, Amy's faith was touching. Uh, Other than the issue of the effort needed to watch it, um, uh, I I didn't like how the Minotaur died Phantom Menace stroke Avengers style uh, when Amy (laughs) lost her faith, uh, when he could have gone... Where he could have got more food. Uh, he gives it a 7.5 out of 10.
3: 7.5, yeah. Yes. I think it would have been better if we'd just seen the rooms moving a bit, don't you? Because that's the other thing that isn't really realised that much on screen. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're in this, this hotel where all the rooms are moving, so they can't find the TARDIS and they can't do this. But you have to really sort of, if you sort of miss that line, I don't think you really pick up on that in this. Yeah, true. Apart from that yeah. one bit where the doctor opens the doors and there's a wall there, that's kind of, I think that's one of the things that could have brought the score up a bit.
2: Yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, Let's do some audio before we get onto Facebook. Uh, This is our buddy from the Who Addicts Reviews. This is Matt Rowney. Ah.
5: Hi there, Gary and Adam. I hope you two are well. Now, The God Complex is a strange one for me. It's a good story, but I think that's it. It, It's just a good story. Now, I I hear people singing its praises, saying that it's great. It's one of the best of Series 6. It's a standout story. And I... I think it's a little bit overrated. I mean, I do enjoy The God Complex, but I'd choose many other stories instead of The God Complex. I mean, if you look at Series 6 Part 1, it doesn't come close to the opening two-parter. It doesn't come close to The Doctor's Wife or A Good Man Goes to War. But in Part 2 of Series 6, it stands out because all the other episodes were so poor. You know, The Wedding of River Song, Closing Time, Let's Kill Hitler, Night Terrors. They were all pretty average episodes at best. So the God complex for me, I think, gets a little bit too much praise, but it's still good. I like the setting. I think the setting of the hotel with a, you know, a, a someone's fear in every room. I think is, is is very interesting, and that was something that kept me interested in the episode. But other than that, I can't really find too much else that I sp- actually enjoyed. The side characters were not all that memorable. I I like David Walliams in it, but other than that, the others were pretty forgettable. And the whole Minotaur all praise him story just didn't really intrigue me at all. I, I really wasn't invested or that bothered about this story. So for me, it's good. That's about it. I'd probably give it a 6 out of 10.
2: Okie dokie.
3: Cheers, Matt. 6 out of 10. I got a shudder down my spine there when he mentioned night terrors. That is a story that <laughs> oh, <blimey. laughs> I had uh, yeah, put to the back of my mind. Yes. Uh, I'll do that but, one one day. Oof.
2: Over on Facebook, Jeff Waddle is back. Yeah. Oh, welcome back, Jeff. After a few weeks off, he's back. Um, he says, "I absolutely love this story, uh, but it's full of ideas that are never fully realised. Uh, the dummies laughing is as creepy as you can get on a family show, uh, and given what we find out later, Room Eleven does not contain the crack. Does not contain the crack. What is what? How does he know, Jeff? I need you to elaborate because I want to know what's in that room. So, so it does yes. not contain the crack. Yes, he gives it an eight point five. Okay, yeah, Ooh, good Lewis, Lewis Palmer." Uh, I watched it on Netflix recently, and I have to say I rather enjoyed it on another watch. It's a fantastic Who-ish concept. Uh, I harbour an ungodly and unhealthy hatred for Series 6, and some of that filters through to this story, such as the uh, fake-out departure. That makes me dangerously mad. (laughs) So he didn't give a score, but um, yes. I can't tell if you like it or not, actually, Lewis from that. Um, Will Lloyd says, one of the few episodes from the Moffat era I enjoy. Uh, I like the writing, direction and acting in this um, and it has a strangely claustrophobic atmosphere. Seven out of ten.
3: Seven
2: out of Mm. ten. George Coppen, I really like this as an episode from series six that not many people talk about. Uh, I think it's a really good episode. Loved the Minotaur. However, I do think Rita is a bit overrated but overall an enjoyable episode. Seven out of ten. Fair
4: enough.
2: Sammy. Sammy Satine, Uh, it's an interesting episode. Faith being the thing that attracts the Minotaur to them, in which it then feeds, is an interesting idea. The rooms, uh, with your fear in them, are interesting too. Uh, I don't really want to know what would be in my room. Um, It's okay, it's in the middle for me, 6 out of 10.
3: It's an interesting thought, isn't it? What would be in
2: our rooms? Yes, that's for a... That's Ooh. for a different podcast. I should be, I should be pondering <laughs> that later this afternoon. Yeah. Um, rightio, more audio. Alex Kingdom.
6: Oh, Gary and Adam from the Big Blue Box podcast. How are you guys doing? Hope you guys are well. Now, the God Complex. Now, I was really hoping you'd do something in Series 6 because I'm having a maths with marathon. Now, I've gone past the God Complex. It was literally the next one I had to watch when you said, oh, we're doing the God Complex. So I was like, yes that gives me a reason to watch it and again it's a really good episode uh... toby Whithouse, uh... my favorite new who writer um... does a really good job here great cast david walliams matt smith karen gillan arthur darvall even the rest of the cast who play uh... uh... the girl, the woman um... Oh God, howie is his name howie i don't know oh it's rita that's the woman uh, yeah, I really like that and I like the idea of there's a thing in every room and I think that's really cool. The Minotaur, or the Minotaur, I don't know how you say it, was okay. He was, it's, it does it does his purpose, but again, I think the the, the threat of the, the threat of the episode was the people's faith and their fears, which I think was really cool. Anyway, guys, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I think it's a really strong episode, actually. See you guys all next time and see you next week depending on what you're reviewing bye
2: Cheers Alex Cheers Alex. It's a nine out of 10 eh nine out of 10 fan he loves it yeah He, he
3: loves that Minotaur
2: Minotaur yeah um, <laughs> on Facebook uh, Richard Davis says I don't like it uh, oh. Matt Smith is a terrible actor and doctor no. the what? story is bland and the Minotaur looks really bad mm. Who's, who was that uh, Richard Davis
3: Richard. Yes. Richard.
2: Yes. Um, Jamie Ackerley. I gave it a rewatch last night and absolutely adored it. Uh, The ending felt that this was the way the Doctor wanted to end the Pond story, but sadly couldn't. Read to the companion that should have been, but couldn't. Uh, The 80s hotel design was spot on, even down to the look-in magazines in the hairdressing suite.
3: Well
2: spotted. Uh, the beginning when the TARDIS crew arrived was so joyous, I'd forgotten how much I loved that team. Mm. Uh, Matt Smith was on particularly wonderful form. Um, inventive and daft. Perfect Doctor qualities for me. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10.
3: Excellent. Yeah,
2: nice one. Um, I will just say, actually, because I think um, Jamie makes a really good point there, and I think I felt this way a lot about a lot of the stories that we've reviewed over the last year. And that is my thoughts on it tend to change a lot on a rewatch. Oh, yeah. Especially absolutely. especially about stories that I've not seen in a long time. Mm. Because when I how I felt about Doctor Who and that particular actor or just the world in general is probably very different to how it is now. And especially at, like, The God Complex, where it's been at least a couple of years since I've watched it, and I've only ever watched it once. And I remember thinking at the end of it, hmm, that was okay it was all right and i probably would have scored it lower had we been doing the podcast back then um so it's definitely a it's definitely a good um a a very good point um that when you give these episodes that you weren't particularly fond of or you wouldn't have rated them highly and you haven't seen in ages it's worth giving it's worth giving stuff a rewatch i would say
3: yeah definitely um
2: yeah and and my opinions do change a lot um so yeah nice one jamie Uh, Callum MacArthur. Uh, Really like this story. Toby Whithouse is brilliant at writing. David Williams' acting is great in this role, uh, which also appeared in Before the Flood. Um, This has to be the best supporting cast in Series 6. All of them are on top form. Matt Smith is fantastic, especially when they find um, Amelia in Amy's room and he says, I'm not a hero, just pulled at the heartstrings. Weeping angels make a small appearance, which is okay. The Doctor finds his room uh, but we don't get to see it until Matt Smith's final episode. Uh, the very end when the Doctor says goodbye to Amy is really well done and a sad exit for Amy and Rory. I give this 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10 from Callum, okay. Yeah. Uh, Fionn Walsh uh, says, It was a decent story from ser- uh, from Series 6. I can uh, actually remember seeing this when it aired and thought it was really good and watched it again. Uh, and haven't watched it again until a while back. But he gives it 65 okay. Yeah. Uh, Last audio clip. um, This is Jay Kent.
1: Hello, Gary and Adam. How have you been? I've missed you. It's been too long. Anyway, The God Complex, I think, for what this episode is worth, is very underrated, and it's personally one of my favourite 11th Doctor stories. I mean, the idea is original and brilliant, and the characters are so diverse, it's magnificent. I mean, you've got Muslims, you've got moles, you've got... I don't know, that gambler guy is, is brilliant. <laughs> I mean, we, obviously, it's our first time seeing the mole people, and I love their species. I want to see more of them. I want to see where they live. They've got me so interested in their species, that I want, just love them. Uh, the Minosaur is a great uh, species, and I love the throwback to the Nymon, which was a brilliant tie into uh, the Classic era. And I much preferred this exit for Amy and Rory than the one we got in The Angels Take Manhattan and if they left in this story I think it would have been brilliant and heartfelt and I almost cried when I first saw it I'm going to put it out there, almost did judge me how you will but yes the God Complex, I am going to give this episode a 9 out of 10, I know what but no I love it, I love it, I can't stress how much I love it, I hope you have a good rest of the show and see you next week hopefully probably maybe
3: (laughs) I think Jay loves it
2: The the ever entertaining Jay Kent yeah. And you know what? That's the cool thing about various episodes with who, is that for some reason, regardless of what the rest of the world thinks, some episodes you just love. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, and I think, um, and I think Jay's got that about about this one. You can't really put your finger on it too much, other than the obvious, but you just love it, and I, and I think that's cool. Yeah. One thing I will say, uh, Jeff, could you just jump back on Facebook um, after listening to this and just elaborate on? Um, what you said in your comment about um that we find out later that room 11 does not contain the crack in the wall
3: yeah i'm intrigued by that
2: we're intrigued so please tell us where you saw this or where you heard it and what was in actually what actually was in room 11 because we've seen lots of stuff about it being the war doctor and stuff which is i would like we said i would prefer that Mm. makes more sense but if you could just uh give us some clarification on that jeff that'd be awesome
3: Yeah, it was, because it seems strange, doesn't it, that Moff decided to go. He'd had all that time to think about it between when this aired and when he wrote Matt's last episode. Yeah. And then he decides to say it was the crack, even though Matt says, who else? Because if it was the crack, he'd have said, what else? Wouldn't he? He wouldn't have said, who else?
2: Yeah. So, Jeff, please jump back on and tell us what Mm. the crack is.
3: Yeah, what's the crack, Jeff?
2: Watch the crack. Geek's handbag.
3: Geek's handbag. Yeah, we had a couple of comments on the Geek's handbag. We had... Harry Westergaard, who says, Harry, Gary, Adam, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's my, my impersonation. Harry. Been a while since I've seen it, but I remember it being a solid episode, uh, Harry says. Thanks for jumping on, Harry. Matt Wills, he says, bit boring, really, seemed like a filler <laughs> episode more than anything else, so oh, not, not too keen. And the Daleks Empire says, I loved it. One of the highlights of Series 6, although I thought David Walliams was underused. Did not realise it was him until a question came up on the Radio Times quiz about a guest actor. <laughs> oh, wow. All oh, right, yeah. Um, i would I was thinking it'd be funny if we would seen David Williams and Paul Kay together, wouldn't it? That might have worked, but uh, that <laughs> will never happen. But there we go. So, yeah, so a couple of geeks there. but um, A couple of people not so impressed, but Daleks Empire <laughs> loves yes. it.
2: Yeah. So, overall, I think this episode is, is viewed relatively positively. Um, I think we've reviewed stories previous where um it's been a bit more middle of the road so i think we got some very i mean who gave it a 10 out of 10 was it um somebody gave it a 10
3: which is one of the reasons i i was keen to do this one because i know a lot of people rave about it mm. um, and i wanted to go back and see what the fuss was about because i couldn't remember much about it um yeah, yeah. i can sort of see why people really enjoy it I, uh,
4: yeah
2: yeah uh, jamie ackerley gave it a 10 that's it. and Callum and nine so some really good scores so um, yes I'm glad that you suggested this one mate because it's been good to, uh, to go back and see uh, especially Matt Smith as well I've missed him
3: yeah me too Yes. Yeah.
2: Um, next week uh, we are going back to the fourth Doctor you'll be glad to hear any Tom Baker fans oh you'll be able to wear your new scarf yay yeah yes um, and you never know um, I might um, I might show you guys or we might stick the first part of the podcast on Periscope Ooh. which will be fun. So you can watch a couple of minutes of uh, me in the scarf doing a bit of podcasting. Um, so, ads. Uh, what, what story are we doing next week for the fourth
3: next Doctor? Next week, uh, we are doing The Brain of Morbius. Yay. The brain in a jar. <laughs> yeah. Brain of Morbius next week. Yeah. In fourth Doctor.
2: Yeah, so I cannot wait to go back and do this one. Mm. I don't think we've done a Tom Baker one in ages no it's been a while it feels like that anyway Um, the last one we did was The Deadly Assassin back in September yeah yeah. so that'll be good Um, yeah so uh, as always look out for the uh, Facebook post for that so you can give us your thoughts Um, you can also bung them over on Twitter as well that's all good Um, but that'll go up over the weekend at some point so we'd love to hear your thoughts on that one Mm. and I think we are done there for 73
3: okay let's wrap
2: Thank you so much for um, sticking with us through episode 73. Uh, it's been wonderful talking Number through...
4: 73.
2: <laughs> it's been great talking through the God Complex and other just general Who waffle and chat. Uh, so really looking forward to next week, The Brain of Morbius. i also intrigued um, to hear what you guys think about that as well because I know that uh, obviously Mr. Baker, Mr. Tom Baker is... Uh, a very much loved uh, Doctor among, among Who fans, especially classic peeps. Um, so it'll be interesting to hear what you think of this one. Which isn't spoken about too much when you think of uh, Tom Baker. Mm. There's quite a few stories that will sort of rank up higher when you sort of do a very quick list in your head. There's probably quite a few Tom Baker stories that will go above this one. So interesting to hear. It's just the
3: hit of Connor in that one, aren't
2: they? it be interesting to see them again. Yes, indeed. They've popped up. They've muscled their way in recently again.
3: (laughs) Yeah, they have a habit of doing that, don't they? (laughs) Yeah.
2: So thank you very much, guys, for sending in your thoughts as usual. Send in in for next week. That'll be very good. Head over to the website, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to all the previous podcast episodes on there, and you can also subscribe and link off to other stuff, Um, Twitter, Facebook. Um, We're also on Snapchat now. So, if you just do a search on Snapchat for Big Blue Box Pod, you'll find us on there, and uh, we've got some quirky little bits going on there, which will be cool. <laughs> Actually, also, you
3: can see Gary Scarf on there.
2: You can indeed, yeah. yes. Um, also, check out Adam's channel, The Geeks Handbag, over on YouTube and Facebook. All the cool uh, videos there for unboxing, reviews, anything sci-fi, Doctor, Who, all that stuff. All on Adam's channel. Go check it out. Check it out. Immediately. <laughs> <laughs> right, yo, until next week. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember,
6: Launzy!